Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of a sophisticated podcast made by unsophisticated people. And today we have a very special episode, again, back-to-back guests. Last week we had Pilot Kathan and this week we have a very, very strong sports person. Would you like to please introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Izzy Bryder. I do ITF Taekwondo and I've been doing it nearly my whole life and yeah, um, I guess I'm quite good at it, but you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so how how are you, Anika kind of Prashan? Um, uh, we're really, oh yeah, it's been, go first. it's been all right. Um, university and there's the same old thing, uh, but really excited for this episode. Um, it just keeps on getting better and better. <laughs> I'm doing pretty well myself as well. Um, for once, I have something in common with the guests, so. I'd love to ask questions on that. She's a lot more experienced than I am, so um, I'm sure she'll share her years of insightful knowledge to me and the audience. Nice. Mm-hmm. Pretty interesting. Well, I hope so. I really yeah. hope so. Um, just, uh, we'd like to thank uh, Violet Perfumes for sponsoring this episode. Uh, more information will come later on. Uh, Prashant will explain everything. Yeah, so let's yeah. get on. With, to uh, weird news. Weird news. Uh, yeah. Weird news segment. This time, this time I can take advantage. Prashan, you go first. <laughs> oh, nice. Well played. Um, so this, I read this yesterday. Um, so a mum who is a doctor did something very interesting for her son's birthday. Um, you usually, you know, you pay pin the donkey, pin the tail the donkey or, you know, shoot hoops. But she actually made like a pregnancy doll out of Play-Doh and she uh well her son demonstrated how to perform a c-section her son uh to all the kids in the party (laughs) that's Um, that's different that's different uh must be the coolest kid in town now performing c-section on play-doh so it was his birthday and for his birthday he did a c-section yeah on a play-doh model that's different (laughs) (laughs) intellectual families and intellectual birthdays uh and can we just go next uh yeah so i was reading the news and it just popped up so there are there's a sport called pigeon racing and i'm pretty (laughs) sure you might have heard of it so it mainly happens in uh not the western part of the world but mostly in the eastern part of the world so there was a belgian pigeon who was sold for 1.4 million pounds to two chinese bidders so they don't they don't have the name they use their aliases so one guy is called super duper that's his name and one guy called hitman and yeah 1.4 million pounds just for a racing pigeon um if you could imagine it's more than footballers more than anything actually not more than footballers but (laughs) i know i know what you mean it's yeah it's it's like a tiny organism and it has been given that much value like the sport you could imagine how much the sport would be worth if the pigeon's worth 1.4 million pounds i'm sure like it's 1.4 million exactly (laughs) see them all the time i like you should see the amount in manchester Uh, i think like next time just look out the window you see a fast pigeon just grab one It's ironic, oh. Annika made up with this because he doesn't like pigeons. I uh, hate oh, pigeons. Really? I think. Absolutely hate pigeons. Yeah, I mean, I'm not very fond of them myself, but yeah, it's yeah. it's like they're flying, flying rodents flying in the air. 
Yeah, exactly. That, that's yeah, what I say. That's exactly. What, that's what um, me and my friends call them. That's that's around. why I say it. Yep. <laughs> I think he calls squirrels rats with tails, right? Like yeah, tails. squirrels are rats with bushy tails. <laughs> Honestly, I think squirrels are cute. No. I get a lot of squirrels in my garden back home. Yeah, but uh, it's different when you have an apple in your hand. So one day I was walking through the park, and then the squirrel just—they're like five squirrels just hoarding me. Oh I just God. threw the apple, and they just ran away. <laughs> Scavengers. Yeah exactly <laughs> yeah it's just uh it's just oh. our london squirrels that do that probably probably okay so my one is uh to do with also 1.4 million surprisingly what a coincidence uh but this time it's it's something more <laughs> more more important i guess uh so a man in Indi- indonesian man he's a he's a coffin maker and he was like in his craft he was in a shed making making a coffin and a meteor just struck into his living room oh. and that meteor was about two was about 2.1 kilograms and he can sell that for 1.4 million pounds and it i found that pretty cool because if he was inside his home then he would end up in the coffin that he just made <laughs> but luckily he was making the coffin and and he, he you know was lucky to find a meteor at the end of it that's crazy. Very good, rich, rich man. Yeah, it's it's yeah. just luck, isn't it? Yeah. But let's let's move on to our well interview style topic. Um, no, we've. I think Izzy has a news to share as well. If about uh, the world of yeah, Taekwondo. I I saw this. This isn't strictly about Taekwondo. This was uh, an article that came out yesterday uh, about boxing because. Um, and this isn't a weird one. This isn't as funny as your <laughs> one, um, but. It's about, um, so Sport England have started giving money out to amateur sport. Well, not just amateur sports, but professional sports to help, you know, with their funding and help continuing with their programs. Um, And boxing hasn't received anything. And I know Eddie Hearn has, you know, uh, I think he's made an open letter to, you know, and on BBC Sport, there was a massive article because, the government aren't recognizing how important boxing is not for just sport and like you know creating these amazing competitors but in terms of you know helping communities because a lot of boxing clubs have helped people who may have turned to crime but or have turned to crime and they've you know changed their whole life and you know a lot of these boxing clubs that aren't able to be open are gonna close you know, permanently because the government aren't funding them. And, you know, that's my article for today. But it's, um, I don't think the government realised the effect that of closing certain gyms and sports facilities are going to have on people's mental health. And also, like, loads of different things in society, well, potentially including crime rates. Yeah, it's really sad to see how sporting facilities just close down. Like, um, if, like, example, after school, nowadays people just go to their devices, especially children. Um, mm. But I feel like they should they should do something more physical, something they they like, boxing or, like, anything, track sports or anything. Uh, it's really sad to hear that. But. Yeah, and... Um... 
I, th I think it's hard because especially now in winter, you can't just go, especially when it's dark, you can't just go to the park with your friends yeah. or you can't yeah. go roaming around. Um, it's not safe, especially mm. in certain areas. Yeah. I think like we, we all tend to like have sports that we love, multiple sports. Like I'm sure you love taekwondo, but there's another activity that you love to do. Like for yeah, me, for I love sure. tennis, which I love to play in the, the summer, but recently like Prashant's gone into climbing, which is indoors, and that's good because in the winter you can you can exercise using using that facility. Mm. But uh, if they're not getting funding, then then it's plus the social aspect, you meet so many people and make so many yeah. friends that you know someone may be a completely different person in school because of their confidence but when they go play their sports everyone's equal everyone's open everyone's kind yeah and it's just like a huge unity it's what people are saying oh, yeah. about the gyms closing um yeah. a lot of people that's their safe haven that's what they do to relax that's where all their friends are um and they the fact that the gyms just closed a lot of people lost you know a massive yeah, yeah. aspect of their life. I've been actually ever thought about um, connecting gyms closing to crime. It's a very interesting thing that you've brought up about how crimes could potentially go up given things stay locked up. Uh, although we, they talk a lot about um, mental health, which is very, very true, affecting mental health. But crime, I haven't thought about that, how it could affect crime rates. I mean, it might not be a really obvious thing, but in terms of very specific, maybe in a community that may have lowered their crime rates due to certain clubs, certain things in the community that have helped people get off the streets. Now, mm. if they all close, they're all going to go back to the streets. Mm. Very well said. Yeah, true, true. Yeah. Um, so let's move on to our what we call the quick fire question. But it's been it's been changed. <laughs> No, 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 I think Anika, you made up with it, so you can say it. Oh, so it's going to be like quick fire questions, so you have to answer what few, as few words as possible. Okay. So we named it Kickstarter Questions. Ah, oh, <laughs> I like it. Well, I, I don't know if how, how good I am going to be at this because... No, no, it's fine. So many of my friends know how much I talk, and <laughs> yeah, let's see right. how good I am at this. Okay. So there are 10 questions and um, so I'm going to just start. So what's your favorite place that you visited? My favorite place that I visited, probably Los Angeles. Okay. Favorite hobby? Oh, that's hard. <laughs> See, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say training is a hobby anymore. That's more. Yeah, of it's more. Yeah. Um, I would say reading. Okay. Um, favorite sports brand? Nike, definitely. Early bird or night owl? Early bird. Your go-to Tesco meal deal? Oh, that's hard. I don't really get a <laughs> meal deal. Um, I put well, I'm vegetarian, so I'd have to go for like I don't know a cheese sandwich or something yeah. along those lines. Yeah. Um, maybe like you know those those boost smoothies. And uh, or innocent like ones. A, yeah, yeah, something uh, like that, and then. Yeah. I don't know, maybe some Doritos, something oh. like that. Uh, pineapple on pizza, yes or no? No. Most addictive app on your phone? TikTok, definitely. I don't even know why I thought about that. <laughs> 100 push-ups, 100 sit-ups or 100 squats? 100 squats, definitely. Worst injury? 
Uh, I tore my meniscus twice. Biggest, ins- oh. <laughs> biggest inspiration? Um, biggest inspiration. Oh, that's a difficult one. There's a lot of people who inspire me. Probably someone like um, Katerina Johnson Thompson. Mm. Okay. Don't know who she is. Sorry. She's a she's a heptathlete, uh, and she um, she's currently world champion at heptathlon. But she Ooh. faced a lot of adversity, uh, okay. you know, injuries, you know, poor performances, stuff mm. like that. Wow. But she kept going. So. Heptathlon is the one where there's six or seven different events that they compete seven, on, right? isn't it? Heptathlon is. Seven. Seven, I think. seven is, I think it's seven yeah is that the one jessica and his hill also performs yeah, yeah okay now now it rings about yeah i yeah. got you now yeah <laughs> yeah oh well, awesome. yeah that was awesome. kick fire kick fire kick starter questions <laughs> there we go that's think, done now i think she performed brilliantly yeah oh, thank you i i <laughs> hope i did i i was very put on the spot you know yeah. i'm gonna like later i'm gonna think oh i should have said someone else for the biggest inspiration but. No, it's fine. You can change it. We're going to talk. Yeah. I think um, inspiration is something that changes throughout our life. Um, we sometimes get new inspirations, which become slightly bigger than the ones we had. Yeah. Um, and then we get new ones as we move on in our life. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think the reference points when you're down, you, you kind of think of resilience. And then when you're happy, you kind of want to sustain that and grow even more. And then you think about someone else who's been in that position. So yeah. different res- reference points the, the one the reason i chose katarina johnson thompson uh, right now is one i'm i'm currently doing an assignment at uni and i have to, I had to pick an example of something like a sport like a, an athlete and i chose her um so she's already on my mind but um but also she i've obviously faced injuries i've you can't also you can't perform you can't win all the time and so there's been a lot of times where i've had bad performance after bad performance or maybe not bad performance but loss after loss after loss and she's kind of had a similar journey and it took her a long time to get where she was and i can relate to that in a way so maybe yeah. i think that's why with success comes failure is that is that the thing or is it the other way around yeah. i think failures bring successes uh, I don't Maybe. know. I think Just... you got the same right, but <laughs> <laughs> probably. <laughs> uh, there'll be a million interpretations of it, but whatever works yeah. for someone works. But yeah, let's let's move on. Um, so we we were doing a bit of research, and we read that you your your journey kind of started at the age of six, if I'm not wrong. So, yeah, yeah, I was. Um, I think I just turned six. I was either five going on six. Yeah, when I was, uh, you know, a lot younger. Yeah. So, so like, we, we, we just wanted to know, like, you know, what led you on to martial arts? Was it something that you fell in love with? Or was it like, for example, Prashant, like his parents and family kind of, you know, hinted that, oh, you should try this? Um, well, actually, I, I kind of got into it through my school. So it wasn't, you know, anything where I was like, oh, my God, I love like the Karate Kid. I love all these films. I love Ninja Turtles. <laughs> it wasn't like that. I was when I was younger, I did like every sport you could possibly do. Um, I was always doing 
you know, swimming, football. I, whenever my parents said, do you want to do this? I was like, yeah, no, definitely. Like from the moment I was, you know, able to walk, I was really, you know, active. I was such an active child. And then there was like my school put an advertisement out for like Taekwondo and they're going to start a, a club after school. And then there was a demonstration. Um, and I remember this, like I was sat on these mats, like in school and um, there was this demonstration and people were like kicking really high. And, you know, um, it was really entertaining to watch. And I just said to my mum and dad, like, oh, can I try it? And yeah, the rest is history really. Um, so I've just been doing it. It's all I've known really. Mm. yeah because like at six is kind of where where like the strong memories in your head kind of start so it's it's yeah it's, yeah. yeah I have a lot of I have a lot of vivid memories from training yeah. when I was younger I was a bit of um well I mean I'm probably quite similar now I'm I'm I, I'm very chatty and I like messing around and um I remember like some of the coaches used to be like is he shut up like you're really annoying like I because I was just you know so giddy all the time I had so much energy um so yeah and then as I got older because I did sport every day of the week um the more I enjoyed taekwondo the like the less I would do other sports so they would start dropping off so maybe I I was I was doing gymnastics gymnastics football basketball swimming and taekwondo i think those were the five that i was doing and then each dropped off and then then i picked up skiing and then yeah then i just chose taekwondo because i couldn't develop if i was spending time on other things if that makes sense yeah Yeah, because like different sports have these uh sort of natural instincts that you go with and like it kind of changes it like if you're playing um for example tennis like the way you hit a shot and then your hand-eye coordination changes and whatnot. Yeah. yeah. And when different sports require a lot of different skills. So, you know, that if you look at a, a rugby player and a basketball player, they require totally different skill sets, totally different, like, you know, in terms of training, especially I now I'm older, I understand that the way I train and the way I train may be in the gym is going to be totally different to how someone who just goes to the gym to get fit would or someone who's athletic someone who does rugby so different and you wet the more expert you get in something you kind of have to hone all your attention to that one sport so yeah that's that's how it like you kind of like create exercises to target different muscles or target different like um you know maneuvers that you you do in taekwondo just for like one kick you'll have like 10 different exercises that you would do to perfect it yeah yeah i would say so um and a lot of training you really have to be sport specific you could like there are certain things i would do that no one else would really do like balancing on one leg on a bosu uh, like a balance board People aren't going to do that. Like you don't need, people don't need to do that, but it's the same. Like I don't need to, you know, squat a hundred kilos. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so, so many exercises that 
It's so different. It's, it's, it's just working to a, towards a different body physique with each sport in yeah. a way. Yeah. yeah. And like there's macros and micros and like there's like muscles you never heard of. And... Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know sometimes, uh, you know, some of my friends like not, not who, you know, who just want to get fit and maybe they'll join in on one of my sessions and then after like the day after like I didn't even realize like I had this muscle and it hurts <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> I think yeah. we experienced that when Prashant took his uh climbing like climbing. I, I couldn't do anything the next day and I, yeah I, it's because you just don't use those muscles in your yeah. daily routine but yeah uh well I was just gonna ask like have you noticed that with with you you know like you started at six and now I think you're early 20s so has your exercise routine changed as you've gotten a bit more experience and gotten a bit older yeah for sure so obviously when you when you're a kid you're not going to be you know under well especially in taekwondo um you're not going to be on any rigorous training programs you're not you're not pushed your absolute limits well when when i was a when i was a kid i didn't i never thought if, if you if you asked me at age what eight like you know when i'd been doing it for three years or something you and you said, oh, you're going to be doing that. Like, and it's going to be literally your life. Like, and yeah. it's going to be all you think about. And you're going to base a lot of your life choices on training and competing. And you're going to travel all over the world. I would be like, no, that's like funny joke. <laughs> like, I literally never, ever, ever thought that it would be what it was. I always knew that I would do something in sport, but not to this extent. And obviously when you get older the more you focus on training and when it got to school when I well when I went to you know secondary school then I would be training in the evenings after school and then sometimes it would be mornings before school after school um and you know it took a lot of sacrifice um in terms of I lost quite a few friends when I was in school um because I just didn't get invited to things I didn't have time and a lot of people don't understand, you know, and they're just like, oh no, well, you can miss it. You can miss training. And it's like, no, I, mm. uh, one, one, I can't, two, I don't want to. Yeah. And obviously my training now is so different to how it was even when I was in school. So I, I, um, I have a lot of SNC. I have a lot of rehab because of, you know, injuries as well. Um, but no, I, I, I love my training and it's very hard. It's, you know really really difficult but some some days i'm like i hate this <laughs> yeah get yeah, all moody but no I, I wouldn't i wouldn't change anything <laughs> yeah you said you went you went training before school so what time did you wake up um when i was training before school i'd wake up at like uh, 5 30 maybe oh 5 30 wow. in the gym i was in the gym for six wow uh, but it was like a very quick turnover like I would wake up and I'd, but I'd have everything ready to go. So yeah. I'd get everything ready in the morning. And um, yeah, session before school. Um, that was like three times a week I was doing it or Aww. something. Um, that was more when I was, you know, a bit older. Because mm. early teens, you don't really... Well, I think some people do, but I was... I was focused on it, but not as much as I was by the time I was 16, 17. Um, yeah. And yeah, I, I think the, yeah. the maturity takes over after a certain age and then you yeah. get to realise, oh, 
this is the path I need to take and yeah. I'll sacrifice yeah just you know I think it all it all depends on your experiences and with um experiences in competition and a lot of people who say if you're winning at a very early age if you you know you breeze through through competitions like you just win yeah. and you're not gonna you're not gonna say especially at that young age like 14 15 you're not gonna say oh i need to do even more you'll mm-hmm. be thinking no yeah. i'm doing i'm doing enough like i'm doing as much as i need to do right now whereas i wasn't in that position and well you know very few people are in that position but there are people who you know obviously don't need to you know lift a finger i mean you do eventually but at that age there's a lot of you know you could say that talent would beat hard work and then it would get to the point where the person who's working hard is going to overtake the person who has the talent but isn't working hard mm-hmm. yeah and I would say I was more on the yeah I was I was very good but I wasn't exceptional Mm. and took a lot of hard work so when I was you know when I was getting older and I was seeing you know I actually need to I need to step up my game a bit if I want to get where I want to get I can't just not work hard yeah because it just wasn't working yeah I think that's a that's a brilliant point and many like athletes like you know top of the game also say the same thing like uh you know natural talent will, will show but to, to, to have that for a, for a long period of time to sustain it, the hard work's the only thing that will do that. And that's what you've been doing and that's what your target is, which is amazing. Yeah. And um, yeah, you, you, you do see a difference. And now as well, I coach, you can really see the difference as people grow older, that the people who will get to where they want to be are the ones who work hard. And you often, and it's so frustrating when we get someone who is, so good so good and but they're not putting any effort and you're like oh my god what are you doing you could be like literally (laughs) so good but you just don't want to do it yeah (laughs) but it's you you can't control that at the end of the day you can only control what you what you do yeah yeah but but yeah Um, i mean yeah go on so for those of you don't know she um izzy is a world champion uh taekwondo uh what would you say fighter i guess uh well yeah yeah I, well yeah i well i won my my world title uh when i was in 2015 i, I was doing patterns so if people don't know uh, in taekwondo it's not just fighting so prashan you might know yeah you do patterns as well and um so patterns is like a good way of explaining it to people who don't really know much about taekwondo it's it's like um movements and yeah you you do a number of movements and you compete against another person and then you go through rounds and it's a good comparison is probably gymnastics where your your pattern gets rate like scored and whoever has the high score wins or no yeah whoever has the high score wins that round and so i won my world title in 2015 and that was kind of the beginning of you know, you know, um, a number of titles that I've won, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you briefly talked about the very start of your Taekwondo um, career. 
Mm-hmm. Um, could you give us like a more, uh, not more detail, but a like a walkthrough through how you went from you as a six-year-old to the world champion in 2015? Um, so when I was younger, just, you know, did it for fun. Um, I really enjoyed it. And I didn't really do it to compete. And then they started, you know, the club was like, oh, we're going to, you know, we'll do a few competitions. And they were like, you know, little club competitions. And then it started progressing to like regional competitions, then national competitions. And the more I did it at first, well, you know how I said about those patterns. And then obviously there's the sparring. Yeah. I always loved doing patterns. I always loved competing in patterns and I always hated competing in sparring. So um, whenever I used to go to competitions, I would do patterns and then they'd say, oh, Izzy, it's time to spar. And I'd be like, no, I don't want to do it, no. Because obviously I just I just wasn't very interested in fighting someone. And um, so I think of, I think, you know, nine-year-old me was a bit scared as well because getting punched in the face is is um it's kind of hard I mean I'm used to it now that sounds really weird (laughs) but um you get used to it you get conditioned to it yeah and um so I just you know competed really enjoyed it and when I was younger from from I think I started competing at seven something seven and eight I didn't really win anything I didn't really go anywhere um and that was fine and then when I like got to age nine ten ish when I started you know going higher in the belts I started winning and it was weird I was like oh I like this (laughs) I like this now (laughs) I'm winning (laughs) And, um, and then yeah that just kind of I just used to compete a lot um and then how old was I? I was like 13. Well, we started doing international ones um, with my club at the time when I was about 11, 12. And um, yeah, I, I did okay, you know, got a few medals here and there. And then when I took, so for national team to compete for England, juniors starts at 14. So I did my first like selection for that when I was 13 because I was going to be 14 for the European Championship so I was eligible for it and I went there kind of thinking oh you know let's have a go like I really want to go it sounds really fun get to go to Slovakia that's really cool um and you know and then I won the selection competition and I was really happy and got selected to go and that was um you know I was 14 and I was the one of the youngest there. And um, I like, and I was just going for patterns at that point because I still really didn't like sparring. And um, I, what did I do? Yeah, I lost in the first round against the winner uh, because, you know, with how it's structured, you could face anyone. It's like a pyramid system. Um, yeah. So I faced the winner in the first round. I mean, I really wasn't at the standard that, you know, people on the podium were, um, I didn't have very much experience. And I remember being really upset that I lost. I was like, you know, really, really upset. Um, but now I think back, like I really, well, I think 
that that attitude of being really upset and wanting more that's kind of what's propelled me to do really well because you know if I just walked off and didn't care there there would have been no point in me carrying on um and also not caring wouldn't have got me very far so then from age 14 I was in the national team I got reselected each year um so 2012 same same thing happened uh, out first round 2013 was when I started sparring so I got encouraged to spar and at the European championships then I lost in the first round of both um which was you know I was like this is really annoying because I feel like I'm getting better but I'm you know I'm not in terms of results yeah and then the we had the world championships that year as well and what was really weird, it was very interesting. I, I, don't, I think everyone was a bit shocked. I um, won bronze in sparring. So that was my first international medal, which was wild. Like, it was crazy. It was such crazy. It's probably one of my favorite competitions to date. So won a bronze in sparring, and I lost first round in patterns, which was, you know, backwards. Yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, and then from that moment, I was... Well, especially in sparring, I was like, I want more. Like, I, I, I literally was like, oh my god, I can do this, and, and it gave me a lot of motivation to keep going with my sparring because I could, I could get to where, I, like, you know, the top. And for patterns again, it was like, it was just keep, you know, I just kept pushing with that because I thought that my time will come because I'm working hard. Then 2014. European championships lost first round in both which I was you know I literally was so upset like I was distraught and then that you know 2015 came and that was 2015 was insane yeah uh, so um, yeah go on yeah so um so you so 2015 came and then you were fighting uh was it and then you won the medal like how did it feel like was it like the Karate Kid moment when he comes out and he starts sparring, or was it was it like totally surreal? Like, how was, did you feel? The thing is, it, it's it's really hard to describe because it was surreal, but yeah. at the same time, I was in total control of, you know, my emotions. I, okay. I did not get worked up because I thought, I can't I can't think about yeah. what it what this means if I win. Mm. because you know that's you know when you get when your emotions get involved like it can all go can all go <laughs> wrong so I yeah I remember like getting through the rounds and I got more and more confidence as I went through mm. so I won my first one and I was like oh okay this yeah. is good I got yeah. through a round for once and then I, I I won my second and I was like okay this is good third I was like okay I can do this now I I'd like from that moment I was like I can do this like I yeah. I literally I knew it that I could do it and mm. you know you know it paid off in the end and yeah. it was crazy I still sometimes like I think back and I'm like I can't believe that that happened mm. and um yeah it was crazy 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 that's um so Obviously, it's really, really hard work to get to the World Championships. Um, lots of work and 
you know emotions especially like if you get carried away with the emotions especially with the losses um even in daily life like oh i didn't do this i didn't do i don't want to do that but you stayed strong and what was your what was your daily routine like pre covid with your training um your emotions like did you do something about them um if well, yeah what did you like training before pre covid um so pre covid um i mean i wouldn't say like in terms of my emotional state a lot has changed since like you know now but when when you train and you're always going to have bad days like you're not going to have a perfect session all the time it's just you know staying you know clear on what you want to do I think clear is a good word you know not getting caught up in that session was really bad oh my god everything's going wrong um but pre-covid um well I I had a really bad injury last year the 2019 I was out of competition all year and um so I was coming back at the beginning of 2020 so Mm. that was kind of you know when I was coming back and you know I got injured off the back of a really amazing 2018 like I I had my best year I, I know 2015 was good but 2018 was probably my best year yeah um and and then I got injured and I was out the whole 2019 and uh-huh. you know that that you know yeah. destroyed me and yeah. I got back and I was back you know competing at the beginning of 2020 and now obviously yeah yeah just typical isn't it <laughs> <laughs> and um, and um yeah I, I was I was working really hard and um I was you know just doing my thing training in the morning uni work in the you know during the day training in the evening and that was my routine the thing is when when I was a bit younger um I struggled with um kind of being fully focused fully immersed in everything I was doing I was you know so caught up in taekwondo it was really hard for me to focus on my schoolwork yeah. and I did I did okay in school it was like not an issue that I you know bombed out in school but now I'm older I literally have a set routine and I'm I'm quite an organized person and I think that's because I literally have I, ha- I have to train and I have mm. to do my work and I have no choice but to be organized and um yeah i mean it's it's time management time management is so key and i get a lot of i get a lot of younger juniors come to me and say izzy i don't understand how you did your gcses and competed at the same time i don't understand how did you do your a levels and compete at the same time and i literally say the same thing to to everyone i say well you just gotta manage your time Mm. you just have to you know, have a routine, set ske- schedules and you do your work, you do your training and you're really strict with yourself because 2015 was when I was doing my AS exams. So I won the world championships. And then when I came back, I did an AS exam like the week after. Wow. <laughs> it was like, I went to the world championships in the middle of my AS exams. Oh no. <laughs> and um, 
for A levels, I went to the European Championships maybe two weeks before my A levels started, uh-huh. and the same similar for my GCSEs. It, it and everyone was like, "Oh my god, how are you doing this?" Mm. And it's just time management. Yeah, you know, making it's, those sacrifices. It's crazy because two weeks before my A levels, me and Sarthak, five o'clock in the morning, we're like, "Guy, hey, hey, hey." really stressed out we have biology in the morning what do we do what do we do because <laughs> we've gone half not even half but probably more than halfway through the content that we need to know and we're just freaking out it's like so crazy that like, two weeks prior to your a level you competed in a world championship um and probably the endorphins and all the how it's crazy Oh, it was hard. It was yeah. hard to keep a handle of, like, especially when I got back, because yeah. often when you get back from a major championships and you've been with it, like the same people, you've been training a whole campaign with the national team, all the, you're seeing the same people week in, week out. You're training so much for a goal and then you're spending a week 24 seven with the same people. And then you leave, you're like, oh, <laughs> What, what what do I do now? And yeah. I came back and I was like in that moment of, you know, I had a, I had those uh, post-competition blues and it was really hard to get yeah. myself to, you know, do the work for an exam. Mm. Do, do you but, think it's harder when, when you come back after defeat or when you come back after a victory? Uh, always, always a defeat. Always a defeat. That's always hard because you know often i've uh so one example for 2017 so um it was my second year seniors and i the european championships before my first one i i surprised everyone and like won a bronze i was on the podium in my first year as a senior and i came to the second like my my second europeans as a senior thinking right I could like I was so confident and and I um had a very interesting fighting schedule where I was just continuously fighting like you know I had one round after another I didn't really have any breaks and um yeah I I got to the quarterfinal like I'd beaten two amazing competitors in my first and second round and I got to the quarterfinal and I was facing the worst well not 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 the worst one out the well the least difficult out of the three yeah. and mm. I I just like because I don't know what happened uh, and I was winning the whole fight and then the scores flipped at the end because I I, I did something wrong and I I have had sleepless nights thinking about that because obviously like you know, I I lost just before the, outside the medals, and it was yeah, that was not a fun time. So yeah, defeats definitely are harder coming back. But like going to the victory when you when you came back and had to do your A levels, did you have like a hero moment where everyone was like super proud of you? Like they know you, they have friends at school, and you know. Yeah, yeah, I would say so. Um, you know, coming back when you um, when you win is, and it was the first kind of time I'd experienced that because I'd come had so many losses before. Um, you know, I think people kind of lost hope that I would, you know, but also like a world like a world championships is like a big deal. Like it's mm. not 
and even 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 representing your country at a world championships that's like a big deal and i remember coming back and people were like oh my god like <laughs> what <laughs> people people were like you know and i remember my coach giving me a cake like oh this is like a cake that said like well done izzy and i was like this is so weird like yeah i've, I've never experienced anything like this before yeah. but it's even the same like when i um like ever since then, every time I win something, I, I get so much, so many messages, so many kind pe- like people saying so many nice things. And I always, I, I literally like, I'm filled with gratitude because I work so hard and it's like, um, you know, it's everything I work for and yeah. people are recognizing it and it's just really nice, such yeah. a nice feeling. I can just imagine if you've seen Harry Potter where when Harry wins the cup and everyone in the room is just like lifting him up. Yeah. I can just see like people from your school when you're entering the school, they're like <laughs> carrying you around and like popping champagnes everywhere. That, that never really happened at school, but people do do that at competitions. When people All come right. off the podium, people like throw people in the air and yeah. gauntlets and stuff like that. <laughs> or, you know, yeah. I miss wow. it. It's it's COVID's really annoying. Yeah, soon in, injections are <laughs> coming, so hopefully soon. Yeah, I, th- I think you can say like like you said when you started your journey, you never thought of you would be where you are. It was it's you're living your your younger self's fairy tale in a way. So like, yeah, you know like when when did it sink in that this is this is real? Like did you ask someone to pinch yourself or something? <laughs> um, you know, it's hard because a lot of you know, as I've got older, because, you know, I, 2015 was kind of when wins started happening. And I'm not going to go through like everything I've won, because I I literally hate, I just feel really arrogant, even though it's all true, but I just don't like telling. We know what you mean, yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think only really now it's sinking in how much of an influence I can have on people. Mm. Um, you know, especially like younger kids, like when they come up to me at competitions and they're like, oh, Izzy, can, can we have a photo with you? Or um, people from other countries, like other national teams, like, oh, Izzy, um, can we have a photo? And they put it on social media and it's really weird. Like, it, yeah. it's just like, well, I'm just, I'm just Izzy. And all yeah. I, I just train and like, um, you know, but um, I don't think that'll ever sink in. I don't mm. think it'll ever sink in the amount I've achieved, um, you know, um, when sometimes I, I look back and, you know, I have things written down, you know, kind of, I don't use it as like positive affirmation, but sometimes I just, you know, like to remind myself of what I've achieved and it's crazy. It's, yeah. cra- it's, it's crazy. I think um, some of our audience members are going to hate us if we don't ask us this question. So um, as a world champion what does your gym routine look like like oh gym oh gym routine well that depends on the day because because i have um a lot of leg sessions and but then there's like strength and there's power that i mean i'll go through what i did today so today was my power day so at the moment i'm i'm lucky that you know i'm allowed to use the gym at the moment because um 
uh, of my NGB giving me like, you know, permission. And uh, I did power today. Um, so for explosiveness, so when you kick, you, you have to be highly explosive. And I did box squats. Um, I did, what else did I do? Hang power cleans. Um, some glute exercises uh, like for power. Um, I did split jerk. Do you know, like in weightlifting, when yeah. like they go and then like that? You split, yeah. 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 Um, I did a lot of landmine stuff. So, which is where a bar is kind of in the floor mm. and you like push up and mm -hmm. stuff. And yeah, so today was my power day, but I do I do a lot of squats. I do a lot of leg stuff, a lot of jumps, a lot of, um, you know, plyometrics, a lot of balance work. I can't really say I have like a set gym routine. Mm -hmm. um, but those are some examples of what I do. Uh, so you say you, have, you still have access to the gym um, even during COVID time. Has COVID affected anything else in your life um yeah i would say so i think i think i think you'd be very very abnormal if covid didn't um you know i think it's affected everyone in many different ways um it stopped me from competing it, it kind of at the beginning i was you know kind of i was in a a bit of distress really because i was completing my undergraduate degree so I was doing my dissertation I had assignments I, I was swamped with work none of that was getting cancelled apart from everything else I wanted to do like the Europeans got cancelled or my other competitions got cancelled um, even competitions towards the end of the year were starting to get cancelled even you know in April and yeah it was uh, it was really distressing really really distressing um, but you know I, I just had to think there's literally nothing I can do about it. And everyone is in the same position. Um, you just have to make do with what you have. And you know what? And I just thought, I'm just thankful that people close to me are fine and healthy and um, stuff like that. And obviously, I mean, it's affected me also because I've had it and um, you know, staying in my uni room as as much as I wasn't really ill and I'm thankful I wasn't really ill I was in my uni room for 10 days I, I didn't get, I didn't leave for 10 days and that was um interesting mentally taxing no it's something different like we never experienced something like this yeah uh, and suddenly it's like just you're yeah. you're you're trapped but it's like I got I got the text saying I was positive and then I was like, it's actually illegal for me to leave. Like it's yeah. illegal for me to go outside. Yeah. And how crazy if you said to me a year ago, oh, you're going to like have to spend 10 days like you're in a prison. You're not allowed to go outside. It's literally illegal if you leave. Yeah. I'd be like, no. Mm. Oh. <laughs> um, It'd be kind of like an episode of Black Mirror. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> You talked about uni and you said you had your dissertation for your last year. Um, kind of curious, what, what course did you do for your undergrad and what's your master's? 
So undergrad, I did psychology, sport, health and exercise. So that's, um, you know, it was 90% psych psychology and then a few different sport modules. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm doing MSc sport and exercise psychology. Um, so I've always, always wanted to do sports psychology, but I knew I wanted to go down the route of psychology first. Yeah. Um, it was the subject I loved at school. It was something I always wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, just quick question. If you weren't doing Taekwondo, what other sports would you be doing? Oh, that's hard. I reckon skiing. I, I think I think I would be doing skiing. Um uh-huh. because that was the sport that I gave up last, if that makes mm. sense. Yeah. And honestly, that was like heartbreaking for me because <laughs> I, I literally loved skiing. Yeah. But you know, when when you're in the UK and you you, you ski, like I was ski racing, um you're very limited and it's it's very much I really had to make a decision between the two because if I went down the skiing route I don't think I'd be at uni I don't think I would you know be doing what I'm doing now because that's like you're moving to you spend the whole ski season in the Alps and or wherever and um so yeah it was it's kind of that's an all or nothing thing I think I'll be doing that though because is one of have you my favorite went to any skiing holidays after after like you know like leaving it uh yeah i've i i do well i think when was the last time i went i I, last time i went was a while ago because obviously with how exams fall and um but also with in the winter sometimes we go to training camps and um they just clash and mm. you know you also when i ski i just go full out and <laughs> you know that's very risky very very risky um and yeah I, i'd love to go skiing but sometimes it's just not feasible yeah i want to try snowboarding but uh <laughs> since i broke my ankle oh. uh, i'm really really scared to actually do something like that the thing is, I think I think you would be okay. You just, especially when you're when you're learning, you're yeah. not going to be going f- like flying down a slope. If that makes sense. <laughs> no, is different. He, he is different. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit different for me because I just like to fall fully, just commit. <laughs> it's like do or die. <laughs> yeah, but when you when you first learn how to snowboard, you can't do that. Yeah. You have to time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. uh, hopefully hopefully it doesn't make us do it because i'm quite scared of it no no yeah. we we are definitely doing that we're definitely doing skydiving i want to skydive i really want to go skydiving we we should all like someday get together and just skydive yeah why not yeah it'll yeah. <laughs> be a very spontaneous and fun thing to do yeah i think like every everyone like listening would would love to ask you this is like you know like what would what advice would you have, especially to the, like you said, you're, you're training now, you're mentoring. So to the younger your audience, what do you tell them, you know, like about discipline and, and, and any tips on starting with Taekwondo? Um, with, with, in terms of starting Taekwondo, if anyone came to me and said, oh, I really want to start Taekwondo, um, I would literally, what you have to do is just commit and just go. 
and and try it because you know martial arts aren't for everyone but they can accommodate everyone and they're so inclusive you know um at one point my whole family was doing it and my dad still to this day um he's um a fourth dan no not fourth dan he's a fifth dan sorry wow he's a, a fifth dan in taekwondo and he's an international umpire so as much oh. as he hasn't gone down the same route as i have and other people may not go down the same route as i have it is for everyone you know um there are people of all ages doing taekwondo for many different reasons people do it for you know as i was saying earlier the social aspect some people do it for self-defense some people do it for some people send their kids for discipline reasons some people uh want to get into competition some people just want to stay fit and healthy and um any club should accommodate anyone so what i would say an advice to people who want to start taekwondo is just find, you know, like research, do your research, find a club that's near you um, and just go down and try it. And if you don't like it, you don't like it. But majority of people do. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, and um, in terms of... Yes. You carry on. In terms of advice for people in Taekwondo, in terms of like the younger people who maybe want to go down, like down the route of competing and competing internationally. Um, it is all about commitment. It's all about fully immersing yourself in it. And you can't be half-hearted. You, you can't, it's, it's the same with a lot of things, you know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna go to uni and do your degree and do it, you know, half-heartedly. Um, that's just my opinion in that if you're going to do something, you do it and give it your all. And that's something I would say to younger, younger people, not even younger people, people my age, people who want to develop their skills. You have to give your time to your training. You can't, you know, and it's about making sacrifices sometimes. Like I miss nights out sometimes because of training. I would, prioritize training over some other things um but you know i'm i'm lucky at the moment and this is probably another piece of advice I'd, I'd give to people especially coming to uni if you're going to uni you have to try and find your people you have to try and find people similar to you and something that's worked really well for me at brunel i've found so many people who have similar goals maybe not in the same sport but um i majority of the girls i'm friends with are, do athletics and they all have such similar similar goals to me and we all really help each other to reach those goals we all help each other to motivate each other and you know just help each other stay that little bit more disciplined um and it's so easy for people when they go to uni if they are you know with people who may be influencing them to go out it's so easy for them to go off the rails whereas i i, I like a night out i like you know having a good time <laughs> but i know that it has to be in moderation and it's the same with you know um people i'm surrounded by at the moment and you know i wouldn't change the environment I have right now yeah. because um, 
I have such a supportive network of friends, you know, my parents, my physios, my coaches is, you know, it's finding that environment that's healthy and that pushes you. Really, really um, heart touching, honestly. Um, so I assume you have a lot of young people, you know, asking you for these advices. And we're really grateful that you just came onto our podcast because the majority of our audiences, as you said, like go to uni and they, it's like the first time in uni or like they're just with not the right people. So it's just, yeah, really amazing. And your advice is like spot on. It just hit. Yeah. I I agree with that as well. It can, you know, it's not just specific to sport in terms of, you know, when you go to uni, um a lot of people you know they say that uni like when when I first came to uni everyone was like oh uni is going to be the best experience of your life well I didn't see that first Mm. but as I found you know my friendship group and the friends I have now and well the friends I had like then as well you know they really shaped my uni experience and it uh, you know I would I would not change my uni experience whatsoever. Just, um, you know, and it's advice that you could, you know, you could shape for anyone's experiences. Uh, yeah. You know, you just have to find the right people for you. Like, mm-hmm. it's the same that, you know, potentially people who don't, who aren't as sporty as me and the people I live with, the people I surround myself with, they, we wouldn't be the people who want, like, we wouldn't be the kind of people that someone who just wanted to go out and, you know, enjoy their uni experience. They won't want to be around us mm. because, uh, but it's the same. You just have to find the correct environment for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Go on, I think, I think, I think like the, from what you said, the advice you gave the, what, what, what kind of connected with me the most is the, the commitment, like, like personally as well. Like, I think I'm, we we d- dwell ourselves too much in plan B that we actually forget about the actual plan A, and mm. as they my friends call me very cheesy and that was like a cheesy thing to say but like yeah I think many of us focus on the backup plan and then actually forget about what what entirely ultimately what we are doing what our goal is, and I think like that, what you said about committing and just focusing yourself and just going for it not thinking about the what if you know this happens and what if you fail or whatever just just going with it is yeah it's about going with the flow and there's nothing you know there's no right or wrong way to do life if that makes sense (laughs) yeah like you know what what i do is not what everyone else will want to do and that's totally fine Mm. (laughs) that's like that's literally fine and um i think there's something that people like in terms of like peer pressure and especially now with social media there's a lot of comparisons you can you know I could go on social media and be like oh my god they're having the time of their lives and I'm not yeah well that's not necessarily true if that makes sense Mm. try not to compare your journey with everyone else's yep definitely um we had like one whole episode on on exactly what you just said exactly social media 
it's uh, crazy how things evolve around that nowadays um especially because we're getting younger technology is going faster and i um, think with yeah. with covid it's given everyone this time to kind of just pause and reflect in all of their kind of like crazy life and crazy yeah. itinerary this has given us just time to stop and just reflect and that can go two ways like you said you can compare yourself with others or you can actually just see your own achievements and, and actually motivate yourself and plan yeah. the next 10 years so like you know just to kind of like end on a good high note like what's your next 10 years what's your next ultimate goal uh how are my 10 years looking like <laughs> um well i what you know i literally like want to win as much as possible and i i want to win as many world titles as many european titles as i can in the period you just said and um one other thing um is because I've always wanted to go into sports psychology is obviously become a sports psychologist in, and help, you know, high level athletes uh, like myself, who've, you know, could be struggling with injury. There, there are so many different, th- different ways that sports psychology can help athletes. And, you know, that's kind of what I want to do, you know, try and help their, whether it be help their performance, but most importantly, like their mental well-being and physical well-being because ultimately that's the most important thing so that's where where i want to be you know helping others whether that be through applied sports psychology research or both that's what um a really nice point to you know end the podcast with um just have a question for the viewers this is what i do at the end of the podcast um (laughs) i just ask a uh, listeners not the viewers uh, some questions so today's question would be what is your dream sport and if you have still continued to pursue it please let us know um yeah that's the question for our I mean, listeners I mean, we can also answer as well what's yours Anika and oh well for me it changes every day no <laughs> um so I used to play field hockey at Brunel uh that was like a dream and then I I moved on now I just want to go to extreme sports like base jumping or like um, something like that. Something that, that gives me, fun. yeah, adrenaline. I want adrenaline. <laughs> um, but the time, I don't have the time. Probably in like <laughs> probably in like four years, I'll be doing base jumping. <laughs> yeah. Sean, I think I do sports like how people collect stamps. Really. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I have like so many at the moment. Um, my most current one is rock climbing, um, bouldering to be more specific. Um, I really got into it before the lockdown happened. And now I'm just waiting for the gyms to open up again. But in the meantime, I have started doing a little bit of rollerblading. So I've just started. I'm not, I'm not even good enough to um, get from point A to B. <laughs> but I've been looking at tutorials and um, slowly, slowly 30 minutes every other day and I think I have made some improvement so that's what I'm doing in the meantime while everything's locked up nice what were you saw back about me man like uh, I keep starting and then stopping but uh, I think my ultimate goal is uh, tennis like I want to I, I don't know like professional is not something that is, is my aim but just at least be good at it so I can I can like I have a natural talent for it but like as you said work hard for it 
Um, and also long distance running. I've, I really enjoy running and I get to a good point, like done like three miles, four miles, and then maybe five. And then I just stop. Like recently I just started again, did two miles, which felt good. Going to continue and hopefully run a marathon one day next year. Let's see. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to join you. <laughs> hopefully, man. I will not. I hate running. Really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so this episode was sponsored by um, Violet Perfumes. Prashan, uh, take it off. Um, so yeah, we want to. Th- the SP crew wants to thank Violet Perfumes again for uh, sponsoring this episode. Thank you for providing us with great samples. Cycles 001. Uh, please check out their website, masonviolet.com, uh, I think. Uh, yeah. If you Google it, you should definitely find it. Amazing, amazing performance. Great silage definite definite uh, potential winter christmas gift for your loved ones yep and especially when you do after sports you know bill <laughs> it's yeah. true yeah um so izzy last last question sorry for holding you up it's okay. but um who do you want to call out to be on our podcast now any sports uh colleagues or anyone who comes to your mind uh let me think yeah is make it make it like you know intense person or anything anyone or inspirational or just anyone who you you know want or know who can come onto our podcast i reckon um i'll go out of taekwondo um a good person for and this is someone that i'm i'm very close with and that i've lived with and um she she inspires me every day like she's she's a massive inspiration of mine and she's a very close friend of mine and I think her name is Holly Mills and she also goes to Brunel and she's a heptathlete and I honestly I have so much faith that she's gonna be one of the best in the world at heptathlon senior she's one of the best at the moment in her age group and she which she trains so hard and she'll be so amazing to talk to so i mean i can help set that up if you want oh, thank you I'm very sure much would, i'm sure she would love to come on and speak okay. to you soon we're gonna uh, yeah let her on and then we can you know record a nice episode <laughs> smooth um yeah thank you very much and thank you for inspiring young young people who doubt themselves yeah. thank um, you so really... much for having me I really enjoyed myself. It's been our pleasure. It's been our pleasure, yeah. Um, Maybe in the future we can do a catch-up like where you are or, you know, after a year or after like, you know. Yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah. Nice, nice. Uh, For for the audience, if they want to find you, talk to you, where can we find you? So on Instagram, I'm IzzyBriderTKD. I mean... Instagram's the main place where I go, but also I've got Facebook, Izzy Brider. Um, but mainly Instagram um, is probably where, where you could find me. I don't really have any websites or TikTok. I have a TikTok, <laughs> Izzy.Brider. If you really want to see my TikTok. <laughs> but yeah. Nice. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, it's been really fun and a unique episode. Uh, We'll see you next week. Bye. 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 Bye.